This week on Hey Sis, Eat This, Sister's Dish, Whitney has been busy cooking up some guest recipes and comes clean about her real feelings around tuna noodle casserole. We both share our take on meatloaf recipes and Whitney has a meatloaf sandwich for the first time ever. Then it's sugar and spice and everything nice with Susie Cakes founder and CEO, Susan Sarich, who talks to us about the delicious evolution of Susie Cakes and the bittersweet struggles it took to create this dessert empire. We hope you find this episode as inspiring as we did. Enjoy. Grab your fork and grab your knife. Morning, afternoon, and night. Mama's recipe and mine. We're about to have a good time. Hey, sis, eat this. Hey, sis, eat this. Woohoo! Hey, sis. Hey, sis. How are you feeling? I'm feeling much better. I actually just willed myself to health. I just envisioned my cells regenerating and I knew I needed to get better by Monday podcast time or you'd be mad at me. And also it was the first day of school. So, you know, actually today's Tuesday because yesterday was Labor Day. Did you cook anything on Labor Day? I didn't really cook this weekend, but Lance was out of town last week. So I decided to do kind of a, a cooking spree with some of the recipes that have been on our podcast. I know you did. I made the tuna noodle casserole that was on last week. I know we need to talk about that. I had said I'd never had one before and I don't think I'll ever have another one again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best was that I was on the phone with a mom while this was all going on and we were getting updated videos. Um, and play by plays and we were cracking up and I, I was telling mom and we were just laughing that you were even going down that road. And I told mom, I go, I really distinctly remember you making this tuna noodle casserole in the seventies for mm -hmm. dad one night. And she was like, I did not, I he would never have eaten that. And I started thinking, God, you're right. I don't True. know. I mean, I I'm thinking I might not have ever had it before either. I don't know. I asked Lance before he left, I said, Hey, does your mom ever make tuna noodle casserole? And he's like, Oh Yes. And I was like, well, clearly you hated it. At some point she started to make it with chicken instead of tuna and he uh -huh. still didn't like it. Oh. And I said I was going to make it. And he said, well, can you just wait till I leave town? <laughs> so <laughs> well, I feel badly because Sophie and Brandon, our guests from last week, they really love that was like one of their favorite recipes from childhood. I actually want to know, have they made it recently? The two of them? I mean, are they looking back with rose colored glasses? Because I, mean, I don't know, canned tuna and noodle. Like what's what went in there? What went in? What are all the ingredients? Well, I had a kitchen conundrum, too, because I had the egg noodles. And I made them. I put them in a strainer to drain and I get them out and they're completely stuck together. I had forgotten yeah, about them and I cooked them way too long. So then I had to call mom and be like, mom, do you have any egg noodles? And she's like, mm. oh, only about three pounds or whatever. You know, <laughs> she always has like massive bulk. So I like run down there and I brought my camera with me and I'm videoing me on time lapse to like oh, go down and get mom. The egg noodles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's good to have her down there. She came in handy. And she's always so willing to give everything, oh, yeah. which is so nice. You know, like you're oh, out of yeah. ingredients. She's like, well, I got basil in my garden down, down there. I'll go get you some. Like she always has the ingredient, the missing ingredient. She's the best neighbor to have. Oh, if you need yes. a cup of sugar. 
She's got 35 pounds of sugar. Trust me, she's gotten me out of a lot of situations. So there's cream of chicken soup, milk. There's like an onion and garlic. Tuna and milk. Oh, mayonnaise. Oh, cheddar cheese. I like cheese. mayo in a tuna sandwich. I like a, I like a tuna melt. But it's like, oh. And then they I do know. use like the tuna packed in oil, which I do too for mm-hmm. like salads and salads. stuff. But- Oh, I was just like, it's calls for two cans and I could only do like one and a half before I was like, and I don't get it. Like I love tuna sandwiches. I know, but it's like warm tuna. I think, I don't know. It's, it's just, I know. I sat down to record my reaction (laughs) at first. I didn't want to offend our guests, you know? (laughs) So I was like, Hmm, okay. You know, I, I could get into this. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I am not being my true authentic self here. Yeah. Like I don't love wanna... Sophie and Brandon so much and yeah. I'm not saying it to offend them, but I just have to be honest that I wanted to puke all over. Yeah. So then right. I have to go back and shoot the authentic version and have to take another bite of the two casserole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. Yes. I mean, I actually saw both videos and I think the one of you lying is funnier because you can see it, the look in your face of trying to right. swallow it and get it down and being like, I can't get behind this. And you clearly couldn't get behind this. Yeah, we'll do an Instagram verse reality. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about getting behind this. Is this one that we're going to put up on our website? I mean, we do get a lot of guests on our podcast talking about tuna noodle casserole. So I don't know if we need one up on our site or maybe we just, you know. I think we keep it up. It doesn't necessarily go into the Hasis cookbook we eventually want to put together. Oh, Soph and Brandon, we're sorry. That one wasn't our fave, but your meatloaf. The meatloaf was great. Even mama said that meatloaf was fabulous. It was. And I was kind of pissed because Central Market you know, they got everything. Well, they didn't have veal that day. I really wanted to make it authentic with the pork, the veal and the beef. Oh, so didn't get that. I just got double beef and pork. But, you know, normally I would put on a sauce. I love this Jeff Morrow barbecue sauce from the kitchen that he does Mm -hmm. that has Mm -hmm. sriracha and barbecue sauce and brown sugar. It's really good. But I said, you know, I'm going to do it exactly how the recipe says. I did it. I did not even need the sauce. It was so good. Okay. I saw that on the recipe that there's no ketchup on top, which Mm -hmm. is like the traditional way to make meatloaf. Mm -hmm. And I don't, ketchup has like high fructose corn syrup in it. It's not good for you. It's so high in sugar. So I, that's kind of one of the reasons I don't like to make traditional meatloafs because of the ketchup. So when I saw Mm -hmm. that, I'm like, gosh, is it going to be dry? So I'm very happy to hear that Mm -hmm. you said you didn't even miss it. You didn't need it. Well, I did make it without the pork. Yes. Um, I didn't do Sophie and Brandon's version, but you inspired me since we were making their meatloaf and regular listeners know that pork is a no-no for me. So I made my own version and because I have the fear of the ketchup, <laughs> I decided to make mine into an Italian meatloaf and use marinara on top. Hmm. I looked at a bunch of different recipes and I created my own version of Courtney's Italian meatloaf that absolutely got an amazing from everybody in my family. Even Jason, who doesn't like meatloaf, wow. ate every bite and said he liked it. And it's gluten-free. I use gluten-free panko breadcrumbs. Nice. I used a ton of Parmesan cheese um, and I mixed it with fresh herbs and it was just beef. You could do turkey. 
Mm -hmm. And then I topped with marinara sauce instead of the ketchup. Like just a jarred? Just jarred Raoul's marinara on top. And it was delicious. Did you put Um, some parmy on top of that? You know what? I didn't, but I think I'll add that. That would be a nice little crust to put on top. I think so. You could. You could put mozzarella or Parmesan on top and it'd be amazing for sandwiches the next day. So we've got two meatloaf recipes coming for you this week. Yes. And speaking of a meatloaf sandwich, which I don't think I have ever had a meatloaf sandwich. Meatloaf sandwiches. Slap it, Joe. Slap, slap it, Joe. Yeah. Saturday Night Live oh, reference for best. those. If you haven't seen it, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler doing The Lunch Lady. So you haven't had a meatloaf sandwich before? So mom loves meatloaf sandwiches. Dwight loves meatloaf sandwiches. I don't think I've ever had one. What I did is I did wheat bread because that's all I had. Mm-hmm. Toasted it lightly. Because you don't want a mouth wound from biting into it. Yeah, you do not want a bread wound. No. A bread wound. Sorry. Yeah. It's definitely not an axe wound. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is an axe wound, then you're putting the meatloaf in the wrong place. <laughs> you're putting the wrong meatloaf in the wrong hole. Oh my God. God, I woke up with a dirty mind. Oh Sorry. my God. So <laughs> anyway, I sliced some meatloaf and I heated it up in a pan and got it kind of crusty. And then I used just regular mustard and I used Whataburger's spicy ketchup. Okay. And it I'm not mad at that. was so good. All right. And I told mom, I was like, I don't know how you eat a cold one, but my warmed up meatloaf sandwich was delish. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Well, speaking of axe wounds <laughs> and meatloaf, <laughs> I went to this place called Camp that is like a yeah, kids a kids excursion store. little yeah. store. You can go through Craft all these things. So, yeah, I was I was with my friend Jenny's daughter who was having a little bit of a hard time getting back into first grade, and she needed some Whitney time. So mm-hmm. I took her out for the day, and it was Disney themed. Mm. And so we're going through this little you know experience kind of thing, and we get to this room where it's like a, a picnic. And so Mm -hmm. I look over and there are all these mounted hot dogs on the walls, like massive, massive mounted hot dogs. Like plastic hot dogs? Yes. And I mean, I'm just going to show this to you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, that is perverse. I mean, it looks like a, a... you know, a penis and a vagina and an, uh, it looks like a meatloaf and an axe wound. If you were going to turn it over, I swear, I thought I was in a Sir Mix-a-Lot video. I mean, that turn it over. I like big, yeah. what's, oh my God, that <laughs> is really dirty. Like <laughs> yes, so, it really does. Oh my God. So I, so I of course then send it to, to the parents and I'm like, uh, I apologize Just for taking their child know. here. And then... <laughs> It gets even worse. Then you look around and there's stripper poles. What? Stripper poles? Yes. That are supposed to look like sandwich picks. For the kids to climb on? Yes. (laughs) Okay. This place, somebody's getting a big laugh. I think that Disney's getting a giggle that there's a, that 
that they've secretly put some Easter eggs in this adventure. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't know. It made me laugh hysterically. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I hope I hope little Charlie didn't n- notice anything out of the ordinary. No, she was spinning around so fast on that stripper pole. She had no idea what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is so awesome. I'm so excited about it. I'll just say this, that I was playing the episode for Lance in the car mm-hmm. and this wonderful woman said something about creating her business and Lance said, oh my God, I just got goosebumps. And I look over yeah. and he has full goosebumps all over his arms mm-hmm. and it just shows the power of this woman. You're talking about Susan Sarich, CEO and founder of Susie Cakes, which is a 26 store empire of cakes and sweets, classic Americana desserts. As she explains, she is an incredible woman with so much heart, so much passion. And really, you and I had goosebumps throughout the whole interview and tears. Oh, I cried throughout the whole thing. So I really hope that... You all listen to this. Let your daughters listen. This is one episode, except for the beginning of this episode where I talk about axe moves. <laughs> Let your daughters listen to the Susan Sarich part of the episode because I think it's important for girls to hear what a woman like Susan has done and what she's continuing to do for the empowerment of women in our society today. Yeah, she's she's a badass. I'm excited mm-hmm. about this. So let's grab our forks and dig into this slice of cake. Mm, So sweet. (laughs) Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Courtney, we're going to have our cake and eat it too. Oh, we are. I see it right there. We have a real female powerhouse on the show today. So much so she was named one of Forbes 50 over 50. I know. We're going to welcome guest Susan Sarich, who's known to the world as the founder of the famous bakery, Susie Cakes. Susan, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, this is exciting because it's really a full circle moment for us, Susan, because we actually met about eight years ago at a coffee shop in L.A. One of our mutual friends put us together because Susan was looking to expand her empire in Texas and I'm from Dallas, so she, we had breakfast, and it was so strange because my best friend was visiting who's entrenched in the retail world in Dallas and owns restaurants and uh, in retail spaces, and so she was actually the one that helped you more than me, but it's so funny because now we're here in Dallas today where you live, and we, you have expanded your brand to 26 locations, and we're just thrilled to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you today. Susan, one of the reasons we're so happy to have you here is we share a lot of the same values in our business as you do. And one of the things that we set out to do here on Hasis Eat This is to honor the women and the mothers who have raised us and the women out there who are just running this world, really, and kind of behind the scenes sometimes. So we know that you are doing all of that and a lot of your creations have come from family recipes. Can you give us a little bit of a background on the history of Susie Cake? Oh, I'd love to. Um, This is very near and dear to my heart. My two grandmothers, Mildred and Madeline, 
lived across the alley from each other in Chicago. So oh, that's, that's actually how my parents met. But lucky me that wow. I had two grandmothers uh, you yes. know, across the alley yeah. from each other. And um, my dad was a firefighter. So he worked, you know, long hours. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time in both of their homes. And um, every time I was there, I mean, every time there was always a baked good on the table, whether it was pound cake or cherry pie or oatmeal cookies. I mean, you name it. There was always something um, that was either made or we were making. And the, the moment that it all came together was sitting at the kitchen table with one or both of them. Mm. And, you know, them teaching me how to be a good human being without uh-huh. me knowing they were teaching me how to be a good human being. Sure. You know, for example, they'd say, what did you do today that you right. wish you could do over? Right. What did you uh. do today that you're really proud of? Like things that were kind of a moral compass. Right. Uh, Those conversations yeah. that happen Correct. at tables, at tables, yeah. at tables, overbaked goods. So it was always just a very, very warm and nurturing environment for me. And, um, they were also great cooks as well. So Mm. one was Polish, one was Italian. They were immigrants. Uh So the great grandmothers were also around sometimes. And so it was just, there was just all this goodness and Mm. it's amazing. Did they ever duel? You know, were they ever oh. like, my, <laughs> my pierogi is better than your they, ravioli? They did not. You see, I think it was good because they each stuck in their lane, right? right. Lasagna, you know, yeah. kolachka, you know, all of that. Ooh, like, yes. So everybody, everybody. We have a lot of Polish guests on the show. We've been learning all these Polish recipes. Uh, we just made roast beef and kaluski the other night oh, with wow. some of our guests. We homemade, yeah. you know, the noodle kaluski yeah. pudding. And, and Whitney, we did uh, pierogies. Yeah, I didn't even know I what those pierogies. were until we. so good. Yeah. That's really fun. Your grandmothers were the were your inspiration for the recipes and for the cooking. How did you come to start Susie Cakes? So as I, um, you know, went through my childhood, I realized that you know my passion or my calling was really hospitality. Again, I didn't know it at the time, but right. you know, I was you know the coat check girl when people came over for Christmas Eve, <laughs> I was, you know, I would take drink orders, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'd like ask restaurants to give me the little order pads. Oh, so, so I had those. And, and so I really, um, just liked people celebrating and so much, you know, back in the day in my childhood was just big family dinners on the dining room table. And that would just go on for hours and hours, you know, mm-hmm. and we'd go from dessert to fruit to nuts. And then, uh, you know, after dinner drinks would come out and right. it was just like lovely. It was right. just a lovely time that I just don't see happening right. as much anymore. And um, so I loved hospitality and I was fortunate enough to get into um, Cornell has a hotel wow. school. Oh, yeah. The best in the and country. So I was really um, psyched about that. Uh, yeah. And um, the program was really an undergraduate business degree, uh-huh. but with a focus on hospitality. So okay. I, you know, finance, marketing, real estate classes, public speaking, you know, all of this rolled into one and it helped me, you know, have this business foundation Mm -hmm. moving forward. Definitely. And so my goal was when I graduated to work for companies that were best in class that were doing, you know, new and different things and were still run by their founders. Mm -hmm. And so I worked, um, first I, uh, 
went back to Chicago and worked for Hyatt Hotels, which was run by the Prisker family mm. at the time. Yeah. And then from um, Hyatt, I went to work for House of Blues, which was being run by Isaac Tigret, who founded that, who also cool. founded Hard Rock. Right. So there was like a lot of, lot of, you know, passion there. How did you know that you wanted to work for these companies that were still run by the families? So smart at a young age. I just wanted to work for companies that had a soul. Like there was like so much like corporate stuff just didn't excite me. And I didn't know what I was eventually going to do, but I just thought this is only going to serve me well right. to be able to understand that. But I mean, my mind wasn't there, but my intuition told me to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what these were, were companies that really had a strong culture, right? So I was kind of learning how to build a culture without knowing I was sure. learning how to build a culture. Um, I wish I could say I had that much for forethought in my <laughs> right. early twenties, but I didn't. Um, and then I worked, um, there's a restaurant group in Chicago called let us entertain you mm-hmm. run by Richard Bellman's amazing. Yep. You know. Um, I worked there, uh, also why Rich was still in charge. He still is. Um, and then Ian Traeger Hotels. Oh, yeah. Uh, we love Ian Traeger yeah, yeah, Hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in San Francisco. And so through my career, loved my career, um, but worked a Crazy lot of hours. long hours. And so it was always mm-hmm. like, you know, you could count really? me out for every New Year's Eve. You could right. count me yeah, out for, all the holidays. for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, you could count me out for just and about late everything. Hours and late hours. And, yeah. you know, a lot of time I would close the restaurant at, you know, Two in the morning and then turn right around and come back for brunch. Yeah. And, and I was Ugh. always in food and beverage. So whether that was restaurants, banquets, catering, events. you know, yeah. events, like all of, so it was always within the food and beverage side, but really front of house right. more than yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. And I always had great respect for the pastry chefs. Mm. They were almost always female yes. and they were almost, funny? it's so funny. And they were almost always now granted this is back in the nineties. So mm-hmm. it was a male, a man's world in the kitchen. Sure. Like there was no oh, yeah. female top chefs. It just was Mm-mm-mm. not a thing. Very, very, very few. Yeah. And so I got really tired of seeing like the pastry chef treated like a little girl, like mm. literally like little girls. Right. And, you know, and I was just like, this isn't right. Like this right. is, and even, you know, the restaurant managers who are female stuff, I said, I would love to be, have a, have a business environment where it's for females to have top roles for females to be in charge for a female to to build their business acumen and like kind of just celebrate women and make it female friendly. Right. So that women don't have to feel to be in this industry that you have to work 60 or 70 hours a week. Yes. And so that kind of was all like swirling around in my head and we were living in San Francisco at the time. Now we're about, you know, two thousands. And, um, this is a time when desserts were becoming so overcomplicated. Yeah. So, you know, there was spun sugar and smoke and lavender oil and rose water. And you're like, what is is that? All these in my dessert. And I don't want my, um, pineapple upside down cake decomposed. Like I want it all together in a piece of cake, not the pineapple on the side. I want the perfect bite. Yeah. And I want it to be nostalgic. And like these desserts just weren't nostalgic for, for me. They were for show. And, um, even like I'd order a cookie plate. I'm like, man, one of these has got to be good. And they were just like all like fancy. Well, you eat sweets for comfort. Okay. You know, it's like that comforting cookie, that comforting piece of cake. And if it's weird with lavender oil and you know, all of that, it's not comforting. Yeah. I moved around a lot for my career and, and two things. So 
I saw a lot of women leave the industry, mm-hmm. whether it was from mm-hmm. the, in the kitchen or in the, the front of house, just because it was really hard you know, around the age of like 30, 35, because people wanted to start having a family. Yeah. I mean, I just like wanted a date. Always work, you know, you're, yeah. you're literally always working, but I loved my career. Like I don't regret a minute of it. Right. Um, and so I'm like, yes, so many women are leaving the industry. So that's swirling around. Yes. And I had my grandmother's, um, both of their three by five recipe cards. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And so every time I moved, I was like, well, why does nobody make desserts these good? Yeah. And then finally I'm like, you know what? I should make these desserts. I should make these desserts. Yes, you should. And, and yes, you bring do. Midwest, you know, old yeah. fashioned Americana desserts to California and the West Coast. Because yeah. that was really seemed to be missing. I mean, right. people were getting their cakes at the time, either really, really high end, you know, wedding cake shops. Yeah. That, yeah. That cakes were thousands of dollars or the grocery store or, you know, some mom and pop, but really yeah. ethnic bakeries. Mm-hmm. And that was really, that was really it. Okay. So I, I said, okay, I'm going to start a business plan and it's going to be focused on an environment for women to have progressive careers in food service. And it's going to honor women of the greatest generation who gave up everything for us to be sitting here today. And I always get emotional when I talk I'm about like this because, over here. because it's like those women yes. never complained, never just took care of the family, but they probably had a lot of hopes and dreams mm-hmm. for themselves, they right? Yes. They didn't even have the opportunity. Right. Yes. And so like for me and neither one of them were alive when I opened Susie cakes, but like for mm. me, every box that goes out to the door, I like, yeah, thank God I know. They see this because yeah. like what they were doing turned into this multi-million dollar oh, business. God, you I know? love that so much. I am like crying over so here. And they were such great women. I mean, I just have to say that it's, it's just so why we do this podcast. We have people that come on and talk about how they're, even if their mother wasn't a great cook, they talked about <laughs> what they cooked, how they did it with love. It was all the yeah. love that was yeah. there and yeah. how they sacrificed so much to make sure that everything was running in their household and that there was food on the table. And like you said, they had to sacrifice their hopes and dreams mm-hmm. to keep these families together. And with every box that goes out the door, that, is, that beautiful intention is why you now have 26 stores yeah. and growing. I mean, that's Thank really you. an incredible really accomplishment. That is absolutely beautiful. But actually, uh, I, I do want to get into this because, I mean, I know you're very passionate about women's causes. And you did, as you said, started Susie Cakes to empower women and to help them um, have, a, have a career in the food and beverage industry. But can you share with us a little bit about your business model of mm-hmm. Susie Cakes? Mm-hmm. So the business model is really predicated on old fashioned desserts made by hand, by scratch with real ingredients. So everything is butter, flour, sugar, eggs, and a few other yeah. ingredients. And that is why the kitchens are all open mm-hmm. at on our bakeries mm-hmm. because I want um, our guests to know it is made here with people. Mm-hmm. Like these are people and they're here right. and, um, and how we again grew up eating. Yes. Right. And yes. it doesn't come in a plastic clamshell mm-hmm. yeah. with mm-hmm. preservatives that the cookies are still good two weeks later. And you're like, what's going on? That's <laughs> right. And so, um, so that was, you know, one thing that I was really, um, specific about and I also wanted things just very the concept was very clear as to what we were and what we aren't so mm-hmm. we don't do bread we don't do croissants we mm-hmm. don't do tiramisu like it's again I stay really clear in my lane I think yep. like in and out burger 
there's a reason they don't have a fish sandwich. Yes, right? I and they're totally so agree. People mm-hmm. know they're going mm-hmm. there to get a great hamburger. Yep. People know they're coming to Susie Cakes to get great desserts, yeah. Americana desserts, yes. and that's it. And so um, everything is is simple but done really, really well. And that yeah. was the point of differentiation. Aren't your hours sort of geared towards women who have families yes. as well? Yeah. yeah. And so our hours have been um, from day one where – um, we don't open super early. We don't close super late. We're closed on major holidays. We close early on other holidays. So we'll like close early on Christmas Eve. So yeah. Closed on Christmas. Actually, we close 25, 26, 27 every year right. because I just want nice. people to be with their families. Oh, yes. It's like, it's a slow time. So, and go be with your family because everybody's worked so hard. We're closed on Thanksgiving. Like I just don't understand places being open on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. You know, and so it's, we work really hard up to that, you know, right. day before Thanksgiving, yes. but then Thanksgiving, everybody knows. Well, and you have your loyal yeah. fans too, that yeah. know the hours, yeah, including they do. myself, oh, they do. They do. because the other night after we had dinner in Brentwood and my husband drove separately and he was taking the kids home and we get home and we're like, where are they? They left before us. And so I call them like, where are you? And they're like, well, we tried to go to Susie Cakes to get some cupcakes, <laughs> but it was closed. I go, I could have told you that. Yeah. They closed at seven. And he's like, I didn't know. And I was like, <laughs> Again, such a but myth. They did right? try. Yeah, yes, yeah. So you've worked with some very, very talented men. Mm-hmm. Has there been a female mentor for you when you were opening your business? Gosh, when I was opening my business, no, mm-hmm. actually, no. Yeah. Um, I, as a matter of fact, when I started pitching the business plan, we, we may have discussed this, but when I started pitching the business plan, everybody said Susie Cakes was a bad idea. Like <gasps> nobody, I mean, I mean, nobody, my parents were like, Oh, okay. That's you cute. know, that's not all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but I think behind the scenes they were like, what is she doing? You know? And everybody, it was in San Francisco at the time. We're just like, nobody, you know, in California eats desserts. No one eats sugar. No one eats, you know, it's just like, I don't believe that. Like I know people have birthday parties. I know people get married. Like I know people have anniversaries. Like life's moments are around cake. There's no way, you know, and I know I'm not a native California, but I I felt I had enough of a vibe Mm -hmm, um, that people would be eating Mm -hmm. if they had really high quality desserts. So I couldn't get anybody to believe in the plan, even the SBA, turned me down, said, Susie, you should really um, stick with hotels. You've been really successful in that industry. This mm. is like mm. very high risk. I was Gosh. like, okay, well, okay, bye-bye. So I was <laughs> definitely, it gave me, you know, it gave me on one hand a lot more like conviction. I'm going to prove this you concept will. correct. Right. But on the Probably other hand, there was still like doubt. the doubt yeah. kept kind of growing. Like, okay, does anybody think I can, yeah, can do so this? Hard. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, no loans, nothing. And so we, we had to do what a lot of entrepreneurs do is, you know, like literally cobble bootstrap money mm-hmm. together from mm-hmm. anybody who you might be able to break down for a check for five or $10,000. Right, right. I mean, it was sure. a lot of um, small checks that we had um, coming in. You know, we just did everything ourselves. Right. We had a cash register. There was no POS system. Yeah. You know, it was like helping lay the floor to save money on the tile yeah. guy. You know, like, you know, yes. we were doing it. And um, we got to a point where we were like really close um, to opening. And we had some th- thing from the city that the sidewalk needed to be 
opened one oh, or something. Gosh. City of LA. And so mm-hmm. it was going to be like $20,000. And like, we were just like done. Like we had wow. nothing. I had nothing. And, um, my partner who I'm still with, he said, um, we're going to figure this out. Like, cause you need to, I'd rather see you do this and fail than not see you do this. Yeah. Not started at all. So- I'd like to give him a nod because he, um, he is the man behind the woman. He sold his car, um, oh, which he had oh gotten from God. when his father died. It was a really sentimental car and he <gasps> sold it. And one day he just came home and he had, he had the money for that last amount we needed to get the bakery open. Oh, and I said, Where, where'd you get this? And he said, I sold the car. And I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my like, God. And so it was like, really, it was not, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, must, oh this is fun. This looks yeah, easy. No. I'm like, Oh my God. Like uh-uh. the getting open that first bakery was just. Yeah. Uh, and how inspiring that you had all these people say, mm, it's, it's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And you persisted, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's, it's incredible yeah. because that just really shows your spirit and your tenacity. Because I think a lot of people would have been like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. It, it's a bad idea. Right. And just the, the presence of mind to look around and see these female women in the industry and realizing that they were not moving up. They didn't have mm-hmm. the same opportunities as men and all of that, as you said, swirling in your mind and were able to sacrifice your big career that you were having to create this business and make all these other careers for these women and, and provide that yeah. space. It's just so generous and really cool. I'm loving this That's story very so kind much. Of you to say. And no, today I'm really true. proud to say 85% of our team is female. Yeah. And I mean, Amazing. even I carry that up through my board of directors, there's yeah. three women out of five and you know, <sighs> it's, yes, it's great. It's, it's, you're doing good in the world. Thank you. You're the mentor you never had. Exactly. So we, Talk about Eminem. That's what I'm going to call your grandmother. Okay. <laughs> and I want to know what is your fondest memory of them? Can you remember a specific event or something that happened that just really sticks out in your mind of your childhood with them? I think it's really was around the getting ready for holidays. Mm-hmm. Christmas was really, really big for the us press. Uh-huh. as was Easter. And, um, you know, we usually go to church in the morning and then they had, um, what are called house coats. Yes. Which yes. I don't know if anybody even knows what that is anymore. Like it's like, like a little, one. like, it's like a little coat you put yes. over your fancy clothes with little snaps, yes. but it's like an apron, but it's like goes all over. You. Right. But we got to get some merch, some Hasis house, house coats. coats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're so, I love yeah. this and idea. they put on their little house coats and they, you know, just start going to work in the kitchen and then, you know, whatever I could do to help, you know, whether that sure. was just stir the gravy or, you know, I always was, I was always a set the table person from a very young age, but you know, to be part of that. And sure. it was like this build up to like this moment of, Huge meal. you know, having everybody's favorite dish and yeah, the accomplishment. Yeah. Making the cannolis, the cannoli shells by hand fried individually. Do you have that recipe? I do have that recipe. <gasps> Let's cook yeah. that together. Yeah. So I love this quote from your website. You say, you most likely recall a cake as part of your life's milestone celebrations. Cake has the unique ability to connect us with the people and events of our past. I personally get Susie cakes for all my kids' birthdays. So you are going to be a memory for them of their milestone. But um, I wanted to ask Whitney, I, I didn't prep her for this before, but I want to ask her, what was the cake that you remember from our childhood? Um, it's no longer a bakery here, but Ashton's was a bakery. You remember that bakery? 
No, we're six years apart. So I guess our birthday cakes were different. I've never been like a huge cake person when I was growing up. I always had like ice cream cakes. But then mom introduced me to this champagne cake Oh, mm. from Ashton's. It was just kind of a white cake, but the filling mm-hmm. and layers mm-hmm. in between was this like fluffy champagne whipped cream kind of thing. Sounds yummy. With delicious icing. Oh, it was to die for. Okay. What about you? Well, what comes to mind for me is mom's Texas sheet cake. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember getting that for birthdays and it's, it's flat, you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's a big, layer. More, yeah, 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 but it's just so, I don't know if she puts like coffee in the icing or something, but it's just so decadent and mm-hmm. rich and I don't know. So I think there's cinnamon, I know there's cinnamon in it. Yeah. It's uh, really we'll to see if she has that recipe. Yeah, we yeah, will. Should. We will. I don't remember ever having that. What? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we. <laughs> I was in college when she was still in middle school. And on that vein, I don't know. Go read that, but it. It. Um, I think the biggest compliments that that I receive are when people say, this reminds me of, right? This carrot cake reminds me of my mom's, my aunt's, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, Mm -hmm. that to me, I'm like, yep, did it. Yes, that's it. You know what? That's like the ultimate compliment. You want to bring that nostalgia. Right. Did your mother also have the baking bug? Did your grandmothers pass that down? Not so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not Skip so much. generation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did she like to cook at she all? She was in that very independent ERA mm-hmm. 1970s mom. So she was yeah. working and doing her own thing. And so that's why I was even, yeah. you know, spent more time with my grandmothers. And and what did she do? She was an attorney. She went back to, to, to law school. Oh, wow. And became an attorney. Did that inspire you? Well, it, showed, it showed me that there is more than... You know, there's many more opportunities than I might have thought. Yeah. What about you? I mean, you run this incredibly successful baking empire all day. Do you have it in you to cook when you get home? What oh, my God, no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, yeah. So my partner, who I mentioned earlier, he is um, he's a trained chef. So he oh, is like oh. on and believable. You're so lucky. Yeah, yes. can, Like we can come home uh, from, you know, being gone for a week or something and the refrigerator has like, Yes. mustard pickles and cheese and he's like I got something I can do something with this you oh know my gosh. and like he just can whip stuff up so I'm very I'm beyond blessed how was he beyond a trained chef blessed. How did he w- also was in the hotel oh, okay. and restaurant industry and, yes. and he went after he um, did hospitality school he went to a culinary school well then what's your favorite dish that he makes oh my god um he makes pizza and we have a pizza oven oh but he has like perfected Thin crust pizza. Okay, we want to go to Susie's. And this is what everybody, when they come to our house, they're like, is, is Houston going to make pizza tonight? I'm like, um, I could ask. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's got to start making that dough. Like, no, I we're going to do this. So. The tip is, if he doesn't want to make the dough, Jimmy's. Jimmy's Italian Market. You'd like it for many reasons. You can go in there and you can get a $4 glass of Chianti while you shop. Okay. And they have frozen dough and it's delicious. Why have I not been here? And sandwiches and best muffaletta. I love a muffaletta. Do they have cannolis? I think they do, actually. And homemade sausage, yeah. sweet, Italian, high, spicy. It's kind of like the base cities of Dallas. Okay, yeah, got it. Got to go. Okay. So my husband loves to make pizzas, too, and we have, like, a little Oni pizza mm-hmm. oven. Mm-hmm. It's like the dough is like, oh, God, are we really going to do this? It's all about the dough. Oh, the dough is everything. And the tomato sauce. The tomatoes, or the crushed tomatoes, just the tomatoes. yep. yep. Susan, can you think of a time in the kitchen that it wasn't a piece of cake? Oh, like you had a little bit of a kitchen conundrum, or (laughs) maybe when you were starting out and Uh, quite a lot. 
Personally, no, but I do remember a Thanksgiving where the oven wasn't on. And oh, so no. nobody realized that the turkey was still raw two hours later. That's so that was kind of bad. Thing. That is like, that's just crazy. You yeah. just got so much going on and right. then you forget to turn the oven on oh, that's funny. for the turkey. What did y'all do? I've had that uh, just ate all the side dishes and had turkey sandwiches on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. you just got to got to roll with it. Susan, what's the most challenging part about being a female CEO? You know, I think um, it's hard because you need to have this, or I used to believe you used to have a a tough business exterior and not show emotion Mm. um, because then you would be perceived as weak, right? right? Mm -hmm. I don't know where I got that from, but it's in my ticks in my head. And so... um, for a long time, it was very, you know, very black and white. And I am like the most sentimental and emotional person you could ever like, you know, I cry at commercials. Like it's so, <laughs> but like my outward appearance had to be more like, I, you know, I've got this, we're going to yeah. get stuff done. And, and there's that part of it too. But as I got older, I learned, you know what, I'm human. And I think it would help for people to see that yes, because sometimes they think like, is this, person a robot or right. right and and so I started being more of myself if you will like absolutely the talking with my hands and you know really being more you know vulnerable. who I am yes. and more comfortable in my skin and I think I I, I, I gained confidence as as the company continued to grow mm-hmm. you know a lot of female CEOs have imposter syndrome which I think is just mm-hmm. an insane thing but mm-hmm. it is true and I I think I had some of that and then finally was just like oh my gosh like no one's impersonating anybody like I am I I'm am here I, I built am. this I'm I'm a founder and a CEO and the founder part of me has the hugest heart, you know, yes. and the CEO has, you know, a great business mind and yes. like the two can cohabitate. Well, I think that authenticity actually leads to better connections with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I think beautiful. that's a common theme too. Like you said, I'm not sure where I got that. I, I can totally see where you got that mm-hmm. because that is what is expected of women is, you know, you don't, you don't show too much emotions or you're but, crazy or you're crazy. Or if you show, you know, if you're stiff, then you're a bitch. Yeah. Right. And we get pigeonholed yeah. when you're in those leading roles, the C-suite type of roles, yeah. and you aren't allowed to be who you truly are. Mm-hmm. So I think that is amazing that you were able to realize that and be your true self. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads to success. What keeps you inspired to keep growing your business and keep expanding? It's it's twofold. Um, the, the things that really give me the most joy today are seeing team members stay with us for a long time and grow their career with us. And so when I, when I um, one of our values is we build more than cakes, we build careers. And so mm. when I found... <laughs> She's going to start crying again. <laughs> I'll lose it over here. We do... Um, different it's a little old school but I'm old school um you know kind of you know the watch on the five-year you know thing, yes, things like that right yes. which has you know now turned into an iPad at eight years and then we Aww. always had a 10 years um a vacation to Hawaii for two people for five days Gosh. I'm gonna start when working I did for that I was like there's nobody's gonna be like who who stays at a job 10 years anymore nobody not even for in food service for right, sure right and to date we've done over 18 of those Hawaii trips. And for me, that is what inspires me. That is like 
somebody is saying to me, I want to spend a good majority of my life in this bakery. So something must be going right for them to make that choice, you know? And so that inspires me. And then I never get tired, never get tired of hearing how Susie Cakes, um, another value is we make days better. And so Mm. when they tell me how, what was going on in their life, when they came in and how the either action, either with the team member or when they got the treat home made their day better, you know, and, and heard some really sad stories, um, about people, you know, missing people who had passed and people who are ill and all these things that they say, you know, just just got remarkably better Mm -hmm. when I came into Susie cakes and like, whatever that is, like, I just want to keep that magic going. Well, it's, it's the love that comes from your heart and the power of food. Yeah. And the world needs more of those moments. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Well, we're going to move on to uh, our rapid fire questions so we can wrap the show up. Um, what's your favorite cooking tool? Oh, spatula. Mm, yeah, you got to get that dough yeah, out I of like the bowl. I like to like really get the bowl clean. Like yeah. I'm kind of like obsessed about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you should go to the sink with no ingredient in it. It helps with cleanup. Yeah, exactly. What's the most popular Susie cake flavor? Definitely vanilla celebration cake. Yeah. See, I told you what. That's the one. It's the Susie blue, which I didn't touch on this. That was the color of my grandmother's Pyrex mixing bowls. So, oh. and I still have them. So oh. I don't use them anymore because it's like, I just worried that something right. would happen to them and they need to be in our um, the Smithsonian someday, I hope. Right. But um, yeah, so it, that's definitely okay. the best cake. All right. It's so good. All right. Here's a fun one. What's your favorite cocktail? Oh, um, I have really been into Gibson's lately. You know, it's a really good cocktail lounge or bar when they have cocktail onions. Yes. If they don't, bad sign. So I always ask that out of the gate. Do you have cocktail onions? Well, we have to tell you about our dirty sis martini. We, this is like our signature drink. uh, That is a vodka martini shaken really, really hard Mm -hmm. up with blue cheese olives. And we get dirt on the side so that we can dirty it to our likings. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Breakfast. Because it can be sweet. Oh, Oh, yes. That's good. Who doesn't love a coffee cake? Yeah. (laughs) Jam, mm. good butter, yes. croissant, or even oh, a piece croissant. of toast. Like I make cinnamon toast for oh, myself. Our mother used to I make that. All I know the nobody time. makes it anymore. So That's I make it right. like really good Italian bread, and then you know, grape butter, cinnamon sugar. Yes. Oh, I want Sometimes that right just now. the Sounds bread, incredible. like the Italian bread with yes. honey and butter. Like that Ooh, was the, right. like I had that a lot when I was little. Uh, but that's a really yummy treat for me. Well, I'm going to keep it sweet. So. Aside from all the Susie Cakes desserts, what is your other favorite sweet treat? I really like good pudding. That is not what I expected yeah, you to say. I know, right? Whenever I go in a restaurant and there is pudding, because it's so rare, and whether yeah. it's, you know, butterscotch pudding or rice pudding or tapioca, I love tapioca. They're so hard to find, but for sure. me, those are also like very nostalgic. That's you very know, with like some really good homemade whipped cream. Yeah, that's great. And then I also really like a good cookie plate mm-hmm. because it's like 100%. one dessert, but you get six different types of something. Well, you have been so lovely today, and this has been so inspiring to us. I know Whitney feels the same way. We love your support of women, what you're doing for the community. Yeah, thank you so so much for being here. Thank you. It was really my pleasure. I love when I get to tell the story of my grandmother's, nothing makes me happier. So thank you for allowing me to do that.
I hope we can get a recipe from you to put on our website. We like to take one. We can arrange for that. Okay, good. You don't have to give us your Susie cakes, but maybe something else that your grandmother's. Yeah. I'll be happy to do that. I love it. Well, you've made my day today. For sure. We're just starting out. So I know it's going to be a great one. I also want to let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find Susie Cakes. Yes. Uh, yeah, suzycakes.com is our website. You can order online. You can now order, yeah. ship across the country, and you can right? ship across the okay. country. Yeah, that's our big new initiative. Yes, so that's great. really fun to uh-huh. share with those who aren't near Susie Cakes. And um, it's Susie Cakes Bakery is our Instagram. And I'm um, Susie Sarich. Thank you so much, Susie. We'll end as we always do. Wit, I love you, love your show. I love you, I love your show. Thank you so much for listening to Hey Sis, Eat This. If you lol'd peed your pants a little bit or even smirked please hit subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to rate and review but only if it's positive also visit our website for recipes and to sign up for our newsletter at heysiseatthis.com <laughs>